Before we get started, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we produce this podcast, the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people of the Kulin Nation, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of What A Great Punk. I'm one of the hosts, Jamie, and Todd is with me as well. Hello, Todd. Hello, how's it going? Oh, it's going well, going well. Nice. We've got a great episode today. Um, we've got Gabrielle Winterfield, also known as Gab, also known as Golf Alpha Bravo, on the pod for the first time. It's a bit of a blind date episode. We've known, we've been in the same circles as Gab yeah. for going on probably over around two decades. That sounds crazy, but that's true. A long time. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, seen each other around at things and sort of low key hung out. But it was good to get into the nitty gritty and have a chat, catch yeah. up, yeah, become friends. Yeah, um, we, we were we were fans of Ghostwood back in the day, um, which was um, first Gab's band. first band, and so I, I remember going to multiple gigs and shit. So yeah, looking forward to the chat. Um, also of Jaguar, Ghostwood, Jaguar, and Golf Alpha Bravo, the three projects. Yeah. Golf Alpha Bravo being the newest one. Yeah. We've got to welcome some people to the Patreon as well, some recent sign-ups to the Patreon, don't we? Yeah, we do. So each uh, each week we do a bonus episode. Um, cost you five bucks USD a month. That's basically a coffee. Coffee prices have gone up. So yeah, um, that's a coffee in Australia, anywhere in the world, um, per month for four extra episodes. Good on you, good. Todd. Good on you, um, Todd. Sort of how we make a little bit of money out of this too. You know? Yeah, yeah. We get paid. Yeah. Um, so thanks for jumping on that. Everyone that's on it, um, and especially thanks to the newcomers. We've got uh, welcome to the Patreon, whatever you like. Welcome to the Patreon, whatever you like. Well, whatever I like is, uh, you know, that's my business, and whatever you like is your business. <laughs> and let's just leave it there, shall we? <laughs> um, welcome to the Patreon, Liam Logan. Liam Logan, how are you, Hulk Hogan? <laughs> welcome to the Patreon, Lucky Schmish. Lucky. Lucky Schmish. I swear to God, these names. Okay. Uh, Schmish, smash, I was taking a bath. <laughs> Welcome, Lucky. Welcome to the Patreon, Todd Nicholson. Todd Nicholson. Well, you know, I played the Joker one day back in the Batman movie in the 90s. And now I'm just kind of going the the Lakers games and watching them <laughs> side, of, side of stage. That's courtside. Todd Nicholson. Okay. Uh, welcome to the Patreon, Sunny Tucker. Sunny Tucker, you funny fucker. How are you, mate? <laughs> uh, welcome to the Patreon, Kobe J McClure. Kobe. Um, uh, uh, hi, I'm Kobe J McClure. You might remember me from <laughs> such games as basketball. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> deep. Yeah. Um, welcome to the Patreon, Ollie. Ollie, do a kickflip con. <laughs> yeah, sick. Good on you, everyone. Thanks for signing up. Um, we'll see you on the other side. Oh, also jump into Discord if you're not in. That's a great place where we all chat and have a bit of fun, share things. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, there's a bit of chat going around about getting Goxie in the Hottest 100. What do you think about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Goxie was in our, when we did uh, Hottest 100. Um, for like a version on Triple J, we did we, uh, we had Aaron Gox in the song, and um, he did the he drinks a whiskey drink, he drinks a lager drink bit. If you haven't already yeah. seen it, we also had um, Hatchie and Shane from DZ shoutouts. It was yeah, a bad, um, ensemble cast. Yeah, but they've probably been in Hottest One Hundred before. We want to get Gox yeah, they in. don't give a fuck. And us, we, have, we haven't been in it either. So we've never fun. been in it. But the point is, Hatchie and DZ have probably been in it. Let's get Aaron Gox in the fucking Hottest One Hundred. I'll tell you one thing, he is just a great guy. 
Yeah, so I love it was, first of all, great to have him there. Awesome energy, very enthusiastic. Um, and so polite. Polite. Literally drove interstate for it. So, legend. He loves but a big also, drive, Goxie. loves a big drive. He genuinely is such a massive music fan that yeah. for him, doing like a version was like, you know, it was special for us, of course, but for him, it was really special. Yeah, he it's fucking like, loves music, eh? He loves music. So, he was like singing on Triple J, doing like a version. It was like a real special thing for him. So, I just think that we could make it even more special if... It's probably, you know, everyone's probably voted and shit already, but like, if you haven't, chuck a vote for Goxie. <laughs> Jumper yeah. one, but tub something. Yeah. And it's got nothing sentences. to do with us wanting to be in the hole. We don't. I couldn't we, give a We don't actually <laughs> care. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's all about Goxie because we don't care. No, no, we don't give a fuck. No, we, we couldn't give a shit. No, no we actually We actually couldn't. Yeah, yeah. No. We don't care. Um, We don't care. No. Uh, also, if you like this episode and you haven't listen to the back catalogue, you might want to go back and check out uh, episode 205, uh, By The Way, featuring Jay Watson from Tame Impala, Pond and Gum. Mm-hmm. Great episode. Yeah. Great chat. Lovely guy. Yeah. Um, and also episode 312, Genius in the Wall, featuring Johnny Took from DMAs. That was a bloody good app, wasn't it? Yeah, really good. So they're probably up your alley if you're liking this one. Yeah. Um, all right. And just massive shout outs to Young Henry's. Yeah, thanks, Young Henry. The they always send us beers. They've sent us a case of the freezing cold XBA. It's called, what's it called? It's the XBA. It's the cold XBA. It's just, and the Stayer. It's yeah, fun. and the Stayer. That's what they're sending us. Yeah, and yeah. Um, Stayer's fucking good mid-strength. Yeah, good mid-strength. I pod, love mid-strength beers. Good pod juice. Great pod juice. And I said, you know, po- I said pod juice. Did you say produce? No, I said pod juice. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's only one letter difference. Yeah, yeah. Good pod juice. Um, and uh, also the cold XBA is fucking good. It's hot right now and that's a real cold XBA. Australia's coldest. Yeah, yeah. So um, shout outs, Young Henry, is big supporters of the pod and Australian music. Yeah, shout outs. Um, all right, well, should we just get the, the pod going? Yeah, let's kick the, this fucking thing's head off. This is uh, Gab Winterfield, Golf Alpha Bravo. Enjoy. Catch your smile. You got that catchy smile Stop a while Come back with that catchy smile Come back, baby, we'll fly away Come back, we'll just fly away Together, baby, but don't tell your nonna Zoom always feels awkward, you know like for people even though you've like used the internet your whole life and it's like the first five minutes always feels like you're just like re-meeting being on a computer again how how strange are like meetings in general on zoom that the whole like etiquette of like coming into a zoom room and like when you're waiting for someone else to join as well and it and the like the chat goes (laughs) before the meeting or whatever yeah yeah it's kind of weird and and then it, it's there's always i mean i don't you i guess you guys probably do this because you do the podcast a lot so you do zooms a lot but generally in my like weekly sort of schedule i'm not a big zoom guy like mm. i normally you know i might have a zoom once or twice with like the publishers or something like that yeah and it, and i'm always i can see that they're like so much better at doing it than me. <laughs> i just feel like because i feel like a like a country dog in a city like i just like not used to it being on a leash you know yeah and usually um, there's like a part of 
like your home that's on display as well. And so like it's, they're in your, <laughs> like ever since like work from home and like COVID and yeah. all that kind of stuff, everyone, all like people who work together got to know each other's like houses a little better from Zoom. Yeah, totally. And uh, that's what about like COVID era was especially, you know, when it was like celebrities and they were just like, we're all in this together. And it was just like this massive yeah. <laughs> thing in the background. It was always yeah. pretty funny. <laughs> Um, what, what did all the celebrities yeah. sing Imagine for that time? Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Oof. Was that for like Oof. frontline COVID or something? That was, I think that was, was gnarly. Yeah. That was so hectic <laughs> and I thought it was really funny. I feel like it's really ironic as well that old Gal Gadot was like really spearheaded that and it's like maybe now would be a good time to sing that. I don't know. Yeah. Like <laughs> not trying to say anything, but maybe it would make more sense to sing that now. Yeah. But but she won't. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I know. Bring it back. <laughs> yeah, bring it back. Yeah, um, too right, too right. Um, Gab, I gotta, I gotta um, go back like twenty years or something because I, you and I don't think we've ever met properly, properly like officially. Yeah, met, crazy. Right? Yeah, but um, I, I was uh, in a, in that show H two O with Phoebe Tonkin, and you guys were friends back then. Yeah. When we were yeah. shooting that show. Crazy. Yeah. So yeah. Phoebe, Phoebe and I, we, I mean, we grew up together. We went to primary school together. Like, Oh, shit. We, yeah, we weren't. I'm, I'm not saying we were like besties or anything, mm. but, you know, it's like that early formative primary school. We all grew up in a little suburb and it was like a little parish primary school. Uh, and then she went to, it's actually kind of funny. She went, she went to this high school that was like an all-girls high school. And um me and some friends were in like a school play because they wanted some like boy roles in a school play oh and so yeah i remember like hanging out and she was like in theater you know and i I knew that she was doing the h2o stuff yeah i think she was still in you guys still in high school when you were doing that or like i just finished actually it was the year after yeah but um the the girls were yeah they were still in high school yeah it's crazy. It's, it seems like it's like fully, I guess everything from that era has got this real nostalgic kind of like tinge to it now. So it's like, I see it coming back on TikTok or whatever. And it's yeah. like, it's a generation that didn't even grow up with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's that whole younger generation that kind of it, is like, oh my God, this is so Y2K. Yeah. It's, um, what is, what is <laughs> there's a, there's like a, um, a particular thing called Fruitage Aero. Have you heard of Fruitage Aero? Yeah, yeah. Of I'd never, I'd I never heard of that. I, I had that no is. fucking idea what that was. I had to Google it because someone was like, "H2O is the most fruitage Aero show ever made." And I was like, "What the fuck is that?" And it's basically yeah. it's Todd. It's that art style that like, it's is, hyper real. Yeah, hyper real. Like, um, oh, like yeah. imagine I, a Windows desktop with a big like bubble on it or something like that. Mm. Like a, someone the, fan, the one I literally used it. I'm playing a show on Thursday, and I made. There's that really. I used to have it as my desktop background. So it's like Windows XP. And there's the one of like the field, which is like yeah. supposedly the most famous photo in the world or something. And then there's another one where it's like this tropical island. Yeah. But it, it's so hyper real. And it's like, I think it's like, it's before people realized how much you could like saturate colors and shit. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's just like max to so like a hundred. And yes. the blue is like, it's like turquoise, like in your eyes kind of thing. Yes. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's funny. And it's, it's so, I feel like there was this other aesthetic that people people talk a lot about aesthetics and stuff and there's that other one that they talk about the sort of the global community and it was really it just disappeared 
post 9-11 because there was no like especially in the 90s there was a lot of like we're all in this together this is mm. planet earth like, oh yeah you know, people were all holding hands and stuff like that and then it was like 9-11 just kind of like dashed that you know? oh man that's that's yeah. a really interesting point like you're, you're right when you think yeah. about like some of the um main kind like a lot of iconic sort of uh pop culture references from the nineties are that like heal the world. Like a lot of that Michael Jackson kind of mm. heal the world. That's, there was a lot of that sort of sentiment in pop, popular culture, wasn't there? Yeah. I think it's because it seems like the, a lot of, particularly with the climate stuff is like people were just becoming more and more aware of it. And the concept of denying it wasn't really feasible. You know, mm, like you yeah. couldn't get away with it because the science was like so there. And then all of a sudden it seemed like, maybe people that kind of, you know, make money from petrochemical companies or whatever started realizing, oh shit, this is actually gaining momentum. We should start cracking down and, you know, start spreading some misinformation. Or yeah. something. Mm. But it seems like there was like this moment. It's weird because it's like the nineties are also really cynical, but there's also a lot of optimism. I don't know. Do you guys, do you remember the nineties? I kind of don't, but. Yeah. I, it's, yeah. Uh, yes. I remember, I remember the feeling yeah. of it. You ever see those things that you like um, scrolling Instagram and you see those things where it's like, um, like almost painfully kind of nostalgic imagery or something or like sort of warped weird yeah. kind of nineties design to like, it could be like a photo of like a, um, like a Nintendo 64 like console sitting on like top of a VHS player or something like that. Those sorts of things right. I feel in my... <laughs> I literally have a Nintendo 64 <laughs> and a VHS player like there. And you don't remember <laughs> the 90s. Come on. No, I'm still there. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still in it. Yeah, no, it was... Um, yeah, it's a funny... It's, like a, it's well, a funny thing. I was you know, having I've this got my- kind of chat the other night with a friend. We were talking about how like we're like super grateful to have grown up just learning about bands and from magazines and like CDs and like oh, crazy, video yeah. hits and how that was just such a special, almost like, well, it's never going to exist again kind of thing, like way of like yeah. discovering an artist or like, you know, like having that distance between who they oh, yeah. actually are and what's presented to you is kind of magical and something that was definitely of that era. Yeah. That's that's something from the nineties that like growing up then that really sticks out to me. It's like reading mechanic, a magazine and your mechanical discovery. Yeah, yeah, it's like total mechanical discovery. It's a funny thing. I still actually because I don't know whether I was like I was just distracted or if I just wasn't like music wasn't really for the first ten years of my life. I was like outside the house. Like yeah. I just wasn't in the house at all. Like I was massively into skating. Like. BMX, just like really physical kind of kid. Yeah. And it wasn't until like maybe like year seven, year six, year seven. And that was like iPod generation, you know, like yeah. the iPod was everything for me. Like, mm. and we used to, and it was like a team effort, you know, because you, you'd buy CDs and stuff. And then, you know, CBDs were like whatever, how, how much money they were. Yeah. And so, like, amongst friends, do you remember that thing? 25.99 or something, probably. Yeah. <laughs> 26.99. <laughs> <It's so expensive. laughs> yeah. And which added by today's standards, like 50 bucks or something. And yeah, um, fully. I remember, do you remember that thing called Sanuti, which was basically like iTunes backwards? No. Oh, no. <laughs> so, you know how. <laughs> It's literally, it was this, it was this illegal Sanuti. app on computers and it's called Sanuti. <laughs> and you could basically, in, you know, 
the way iPods were all locked is that they had to be attached to, excuse me, one iTunes account. Right? Yeah. So if you had that, if you had those those songs, and if you plugged your iPod into someone else's, it would clear what you had, and it would put yes, install, that's right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so that was to the way it piling. kind of like to stop. But Sanuti took songs off the iPod and put them onto an iTunes. Oh yeah. So it that's was fresh. like all of the guys, you know, the goes to guys and stuff like that. We were because we were all in high school, and we were just like, and it like DMA's guys as well, like Tuki and stuff like that. We're all right. just like pa- passing music around, like yeah. You know, and there was like five or six of us, and I remember kind of all rocking up with our little iPod minis or whatever, and someone would have like the Block Party record, and then someone else would have, I don't know, some sort of other indie band or something like that from that time. Yeah, and we were just like consuming, you know, or yeah. taking them all in. Yeah, that's so sick. Just using Sanuti, just fucking. Yeah, I think I don't mine. know if it still exists. <laughs> or like everyone goes around to the person's house that has Sanuti. Like, not even everyone will have it. Like, yeah, got Sanuti. It, let's go around this afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> totally, it was like on the on the desktops. Maybe, like, I remember like the desktop computer in the house. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I still, I actually still fuck with my iPod a lot. Do you? Like. Yeah, I use it all the time because it it's such a good writing tool. You know, like when you're bouncing out demos and stuff. Oh know, yeah, because the streamers are all like they're so locked into they play what they play, and that's cool. I like I'm not one of those like streamer haters. I I think it's great, like whatever. Yeah, but but the but the iPod just has so much freedom. Like, and I like listen to like the weirdest like random like I listen to like video game music that I like. Or I listen to even like bird noises, like just anything that I think is like kind of interesting, you know, or yeah, right. like ripping audio off like uh, YouTube sort of things that like, you know, you can find online, you can find like stems yeah. from like, you know, pet sounds or something. And it's just like amazing to hear <laughs> the, the pet sounds and like the, even the banter and stuff like that. Like I find that. That's, That's I'm so like funny. at that point in my musical journey now where I like, I listen to just like literally like a marimba of like a B side from the Beach Boys. Mm. And I'm like, this is nice. Is that right? Cool. Hang on. So you're, so you're, so, you're, so and, but you like the iPod because you can just down, you can download it all and just put it onto an iPod. And it's a little standalone thing where you're not going to get a text message on it. You're not going to have totally. to. Is that what you mean? Like it's, and you can listen to yeah, things that like aren't a, on stream. It's a writing too. tool. Yeah, it's a writing tool for sure. You can create your own, create your own playlists, and you know it takes so many different audio formats as well. You can put some WAVs and MP3s or whatever, and um, and also the battery lasts like a week. Yeah, there there's a lot of there are a lot of. I mean, obviously the iPhone is an amazing thing, but there were some compromises that were made, you know, in order to fit everything into this one box. As like the iPod, I mean, but at the same time, it's like you know, it's a not a solid state drive like it's a hard drive mm. so eventually it will die you know yeah but 10 years i'll see i'll see if i've got it i have it near my bed i'll show you that's sick all right do you reckon it's i reckon i'm going silk no white white is my guess and with the wheel or with the buttons at the top uh wheel oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah sick that's that's my little ipod yeah nice see, gun metal, oh, gun metal is, gray is it gun what's it called back. gun metal is that gun yeah. metal it's a nice one. Color yeah, screen. Like a, it's like sort of a later one. It's like, and it has all the album artwork and stuff. Oh, like. so funny. That's fresh. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, I think they're a great, 
you know, between that and like voice notes, you know, it's like a great, mm. I think they're the greatest things that Apple have ever done for like music. Yeah. Sick. Um, Fuck yeah. Love that. <laughs> that's a hot, that's a hot take to me. Like the, mm. the, the iPod being like a sick writing tool. I love it. It's mad. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, um, do you guys, how do you guys write songs? Because you, I guess, because I'm a big fan of your band. I really oh. like, I like your music. I, I remember we, we met like not properly at the Royal uh, yeah, in I Bondi. And, meeting there. Yeah. 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 Todd, I think we've met before yeah. like a bunch of times. Yeah, a bunch of times. But I remember hanging yeah. out there. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That uh, was someone's, was that on um, uh, Oxford have- Street? It no, it's um, it's in uh, Bondi on uh, the Royal Bondi, uh, like South Bondi. I can't remember what that road. Oh, is yeah, called. the one we went, we had lunch at Toddy's that afternoon. Remember? Was oh, it okay. Yeah, and you yeah. ordered the Coke three times. Yeah, I had to send the Coke. <laughs> I kept having to send the Coke back because it was flat <laughs> at the restaurant ta- on, three on times. <laughs> I was from kept pouring it from the same flat bottle. He's like, it's still flat. It's the same bottle. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that that's a, that's like not the vibe to have coke. You know when you ask for a coke at a restaurant and it's definitely been poured out of like a two liter thing. Mm, it's just yeah, it's been in the fridge days. Like it's getting flatter every time they open it. Yeah, and it's just like oh man. Yeah, yeah. No, thank it, you. It was that me. night, Jamie. That show. Okay. And I've got a memory of sort of like years ago hanging out at probably. Uh, Good God or something like that. Like one of the old parties down there. Good like God. Real, real long ago. Shout out. Yeah. Shout out to Good God. Yeah, shout, shout out to Good out. God. What was that place called before? It was called La, Com- La Compagna. Oh, right. See, yeah. I don't even know if I was around the La Compagna days. Because that area, I mean, it's obviously been, there's been so much cultural shift in like Sydney in general, mm. but that was like the Spanish quarter. So there's- Oh, yeah, true. That, and La Compagna had like salsa nights and stuff there. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and then that the bar at the back, they like rebranded and called Good God. Gotcha. And in in fact, the first uh, Jaguar Mar show that we did was at Good God, and it was like we sold out Good God. <laughs> yeah. Know? Wow, See, that would that have been that, that would have been hype because Good Good God was such a like a sold out cool. Good God was a really good show. Hey, like mm. um, it always felt like packed and hype. Yeah. Yeah, Sydney, cool I mean, movie. inner city shows like in Sydney, mm. they, were, they were such a thing. Like, um, it's it's funny because I haven't, you know, I haven't lived in Australia for like ten years now. You know, not not permanently. Yeah, you know, like I I come back every now and then, but it's like I see I see the city change incrementally. Like every time I come back, it's like oh shit, it's just gotten way more expensive. There's more buildings the social area has changed. Yeah. Like it, it's like, and you know how people always say, oh, you know, places don't change. It's like, it's not true. Like Sydney has changed. Like yeah. hugely. Yeah. It has um, changed hugely. Shifted. Yeah. And it's plumped. It's, it's plumped. It's like, um, it's really plumped out some, with some apartments, especially in the green square kind of Alexandria. Oh yeah. yeah. Like that area is like just gone real like, Ooh, it's, it's packing out. Fully. Yeah, there's buildings. There's buildings. There's buildings. Still nothing to do around there. But there's and buildings. it's disgustingly expensive. You're right. It's gotten yeah. disgustingly expensive. Yeah, it's shocking. We yeah. were like at this sort of beach area in the northern beaches, and it's this really, really nice area, kind of like near North Narrabeen sort of thing. 
because I sort of grew up that way. Yeah. Um, and there was like this little house on the coast. It was kind of like a knockdown sort of thing. And I was just like, oh, I wonder how much that would be. You know, just like having a little daydream. And I looked it up and the asking price was $6.9 million. <laughs> oh was my like, God. Was like, what the fuck? Like, when did this happen? Like, when, like yeah. you know, and, and I was like depressed for like a day. I was like, okay, well, that's impossible. Mm. Now, like, you know, maybe 20 years ago, I don't know what it would have been, but it would, or 10 years ago, it wouldn't have even been half that. Yeah. Know? So I, I don't know, which is still crazy, but I don't know. It's, well, it's just, that's insane. You know, that's like multimillionaire crazy Ferrari yeah. people, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I always think of um, that time in Sydney around like 2006, seven, eight, Nine, ten, eleven, twelve. <laughs> yeah, um, that was a pretty like loose and affordable time to live in. Like the it was a party city, and it yeah. was affordable for young people to live in. I felt at that time in Sydney. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I, in fairness, I've never rented in Sydney. I've never actually like. I obviously I rent in LA where I live now, but every time I've been here, I've always stayed at my folks' place. Yeah, um, really. But I do. I'm obviously, I've got most of the friends and, you know, we compare rents and stuff yeah. versus like London where I live and, and mm. here. And honestly, it's like much of a muchness. In fact, I think some places here are, are more expensive. You know? Yeah. Um, that's the funny thing about living in LA. Like I've lived there for like four and a half years and it is, it's, it is kind of expensive in some areas, but then in other areas, it's really not. It's kind of, it's quite cheap. What area are you living in? Uh, we live in Hollywood. Sick, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. which is a which which is a big area. Like yeah. it's a, it's it's actually massive. Um, but yeah, it's kind of funny. We like live in a um like <laughs> we basically live in a guest house of a very 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 big house. Oh, um, sick! But we're just like in the little guest house. That sounds like, so cool. <laughs> yeah, it's a funny it's a funny existence. I used to live in um, a guest house in um yeah. in in Turak. In Melbourne. Nice. Yeah, it was just a little pool it. house out the back of the house. It was fucking <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> that's, that's literally it. It's like that. It's the houses above, above the garage. But and yeah. do you get access to the tennis court and pool as well? We, <laughs> there's no tennis court, but we do get access to the pool. Yeah. Nice. Sick, Love dude. That. So you got a pool. Right. Yeah, well, yeah, by proxy, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Know? It's a funny thing, though. And like my landlord is, you know, she's my landlord. But she's also kind of like... I don't know. She like drops food and like, oh, I've made this thing and like leaves oh, it at the door. Nice. That's good. <laughs> like, stuff like that. Macaroni so cheese. Like, yeah, like stuff like like little snacky things that we can like warm up. And it's like, oh Sick. god, it's like, you know, like thirty going on fourteen. Have you seen any um, movie stars march, <laughs> Don't you? marching around? Sorry? Have you seen any movie stars marching around Hollywood? Yeah. yeah. Have you? There, everyone's kind <laughs> of around. It, like, that. yeah, there's there's heads everywhere. You can kind of, if you want to. Here you do go. That sort of stuff you can do it. I yeah, saw shoot. Like, I saw. I, I saw some big ones. I saw we shoot McGavin. Yeah. You saw, saw shoot McGavin. You saw shoot. <laughs> That's good. I don't know yeah, the Shooter McGavin That's story. Where's that? Um, I I walked past him in New York one day, and then I saw him in LA another time, just walking really? down the street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Hollywood? That's so. Yeah. <laughs> so you've seen him twice. Yeah. That's great. That's like just a random celebrity thing to see him twice. Yeah. Who, who, so, who you got? Oh, this is like on that same level. It's the name of that guy that's in Chris O'Donnell. That's not oh, Chris O'Donnell. Robin. Yeah. No, wait, wait, wait. Hang on. Not Chris O'Donnell. Okay. It's a, it's a name like that. It's um, 
He was the dude in Billy Connolly. Jerry Jerry O'Connell. Oh, Jerry O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell. Come on. He's in he's a kid, one of the kid actors in Stand By Me. Oh yeah, I see him. I see him. Yeah. And he was also in that show. Do you remember that show called Sliders? Oh yeah. Yeah, he's in Sliders. He's also (laughs) in um Kangaroo Jack. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah, like Scream 2. Yeah, nice. Oh, I know the guy. Slider. Oh, Scream 2. I remember him in Scream 2. He's terrifying in that. He's like the hell jock boyfriend Oh, that's a good sighting. Where'd you see him? Yeah, that's a good one. At the 101 Cafe. Right. Um, In terms of like that level of guy, it's like. Yeah. um, But then there's like, there's gnarly ones. And we the first two weeks we were there, we were at a freaking club and Brad Pitt walked in. Oh, oh my God. Was, into the club. You saw, a go- you saw a golden goose. You, in yeah. the wild, too, when they're walking. Hang on, haven't you seen Brad Pitt, Todd, as well? You saw him oh, in yeah, Greece, I saw didn't Brad you? Pitt in Greece. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's yeah. not confirmed, but I'm 99.9% sure. Yeah. 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 That's in, that's in the wild. And, and yeah. um, Todd we, and I saw Leo DiCaprio in LA, which is hilarious, right? That, with, mm. that means we're seeing some of the. Yeah, the the golden geese. Yeah, that's a golden geese. Yeah, oh. it's funny. It was funny because we were at this, we were at this thing at this bar, and it was like this, just this little side room of the bar, and there was only probably like forty or fifty people there, and we were just standing around, and my girlfriend tapped me on the shoulder, and she's like, "And we just moved to LA. We moved there like a week Love before." It. And she's like, "I'm pretty sure that's right there." And I turned around, and I was like, "Yeah, it's definitely." And then you could just hear everyone in the room just going, like, oh, my like, God. You yeah. Know, <laughs> like, and everyone's cool. You know, yeah. people are cool enough yeah. sort of thing to not be like, you know, destroy his life. Kind of yeah. Thing. But he's fully just kind of like standing there. And he was like, that is 100% him. And he stood there for a bit. He talked to a few people. Um, it was for, it was actually for an album launch for Beck. Because oh, um, wow. Beck cool. was launching, launching his record. And um, so he was obviously there. That's cool. And um, and then yeah, and then he was like a ghost, and then he just like yeah, gone. Mm. He's like in out like half an hour. Yeah, yeah. For um, and that was that was exciting. And then zoomed like, off we were back to the crib. To, yeah, totally. <laughs> and then we were like speaking to some other like actual Angelinos that I guess are you know native from from the city, and they were like, "That's super rare." And I was like, "Yeah." yeah. That was like a Mewtwo. Like you just saw yeah, a Mewtwo. Yeah, you saw a Mewtwo. Like, you know. It's like, yeah. Um, yeah. It's like that's basically the, the, the shiny Charizard card. Like getting your hands on a ch- shiny Charizard. He's a Charizard for sure. Yeah. Did um, you ever have a Charizard? Yeah, dude. I'm like, okay, I had this folder. I was like so into Pokemon cards as a kid. Same. Um, and I had this folder and it's, I think it got stolen. I'm pretty sure it got stolen. Like it was... Oh complete sets like the whole thing oh. and that's like as a grown-ass man i still think about it yeah when, so much when did it get stolen when you were a kid or when you're an adult kind of like moving around and all that kind of stuff uh i think yeah maybe like in high school like yeah. past the craze but like yeah. not not far after um, that's the most dangerous period where you've just sort of become disinterested and you're not like right. back into like nostalgia about it again that's when you yeah. lose everything yeah, totally. And yeah. nostalgia comes around so quickly now as well. Mm. It's like the sort of the 2010s era is now nostalgic for people. And there's so much tech from that era, like, you know, sort of little cyber shot cameras and yeah, all those yeah. sorts of things. Um, yeah. And 
and then all of a sudden they just start becoming worth money. Like six Nintendo sixty fours and stuff. They're like Mario Kart's are worth like three hundred bucks. Yeah, you know? that's well, so sick. It's interesting that that yeah. style of photography is back in now, isn't it? They're like point and shoot digital party capture kind of cameras, which were like so out of fashion ten years ago. Mm. Yeah. It's just like you were sick of seeing him and he was just like, no, that's not how a photo yeah. should look. That's ruined. This is on a scale and now it's back. Shit. Yeah. There's a copy of fucking Pokemon sitting in there. Oh, yeah. nice. this, is, this is like my family, like my family house. So there's just so much stuff from that era. Sick. And I found, I found this. There you the go. Oh, there you go. digital yeah. camera. Perfect. There you go. Yeah. You sell it's like a little show and tell. On Facebook. Oh, you're going to start. You'll be starting to use that then now, will you? Yeah, yeah, I charged it. We actually, I went to like a wedding like a week ago or two weeks ago. I went to two weddings, and I took like video and stuff of like the bride, like the the first Mm. dance and all that sort of thing. And um, yeah, it looks really good. It's like very very nostalgic because they they were all like laughing about, especially like the girls of that generation. I guess that they're like they're the photos where they had the craziest nights, you know, in their early twenties sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, it's, yeah. and do you remember that era, <laughs> that era of like taking five, like 60 photos of or 100 photos in the night and then just uploading all of them to up Facebook. to Facebook yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all brutal. Like half of them are so bad. And like, I know people get yeah. tagged and then they're like, fuck off. Don't tag me. Yeah. Yeah. Chaos. Or like yeah. you just keep them all and like you'd folder them in your, like your iPhoto or your computer or something. Yeah, kind of like yeah, all like that. Yeah, a friend of mine. Do you, do you guys know a guy called uh, Dougal McGuinness? Dougal McGuinness. Um, yeah. I don't he's think so. Friends with, friends with Phoebe and stuff. Okay. We went to school together, and he's like a very social guy. And he's he was like the king of taking photos on a night out. Mm. And I was like, and I was talking about how many photos I have in my um, on my phone. Because like, I'm like, oh man, I've got like fifteen thousand photos on my phone or something. He's like, man, I have two hundred thousand. <laughs> Whoa! Like he's never deleted anything. <laughs> yeah. How um, do people do it? They just pay for extra iCloud storage, hey? I guess so. Yeah. yeah. That's a so, lot. Like, so iCloud's kind of expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of is. Like the storage is kind of expensive, so yeah. it's a lot. <clears throat> And yeah, once you're on the drip for that stuff, you're just on it. Forever. Yeah, it's Unless very you difficult. Want to let go. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it's, it's, it. it's it's a hard one because I haven't been very good with every time I change phones. Like I transfer the photos across, but then like I don't know, I don't know. I, it doesn't go all the way back. You know what I mean? Like I've just lost yeah. some shit. I'll just never get back. That's yeah. it. And for the most part, fairly pointless to have all of that, apart from the fact that now that. The phone does memories and shit. It's kind of come. Yeah, that's kind of nice. I like that memory like feature. Yeah. So I, I like that feature as well. I like it how yeah, when, totally. when it shows you a memory and, it, and you get that feeling of like, oh, that was a year ago and I was doing that. And I don't know, you feel mm. some sort of like, it also like illuminates a little point in your life that you may otherwise have just literally never thought about again, which I kind of enjoy. I like it. Yeah. I guess that's the beauty of photos in general, isn't it? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. What's that like the Mitch Hedberg joke? Like, here's a photo of me when I was younger. And he's like, every photo is a picture oh, of me when you're younger. Oh, yeah. 
That's exactly right. Yeah. So, you, you, so what's your um, what's your like sort of day to day life like in LA? Like, what are you are you writing music every day? Pretty much. I mean, this year was a very it was a very static year because um, I was just making the record, which I put out. Yeah, uh, in October. Yes, so the coffin. Con- yeah, congrats, congrats on the that. record too, dude. It's really great. So if the coffin, uh, it's bury me with my gat in brackets after. It's a fantastic yes. record. Ah, oh, thank you. Sick, Congratulations um, on it. Name too. Sorry, it's a sick name. Like I like the album. Uh, yeah, it's good. Ah, uh, thanks. Yeah, so I was I was basically just doing that, kind of mixing it, and um, and then I also wrote this this song for this film, this animated film that's coming out this year, um, which is kind of cool. It's uh, basically, it's hard to explain. It's like a children's thing. It was like a CGI sort of animated children's thing. Cool. And it's kind of magic-y sort of, you know, it's aimed at, it's aimed at a younger a younger demographic, like sort of, you know, tweeny sort of thing. Yep. And the main character is a, like, female protagonist, and she sort of, like, uses magic to save the day. Okay. It uses the magic of music to save the day. That's, like, the whole, Whoa, whole thing. Whoa, okay, cool. Um, and she has this magic song. So you're, the songs that you write have to literally, the song that you wrote for it had to literally say, be yeah, the magical song that saves the day. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and there's like a, there's a sequence, there's like a flying sequence where the song plays. And then she also has a band. And at the end of it, she like plays the song with her band. Sick. Okay, cool. Um, oh, that's so and the, cool. vo- the voice of the character, of the main character is Ivana Lynch. Okay. Who is Luna Lovegood in the Harry Potter series. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, Sick, I'm just so going to look her up now, Ivana Lynch. Um, so she was lovely. And uh, and then for the main recording of the song, um, Harriet from Hatchie, Harriet Pilbin, mm. is, yeah, did the, the vocals. So I recorded Shout out. her vocals. Yeah, she, I mean, she's awesome. She's a legend. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so I did that this year. And uh, that was kind of fun because the reference was like Olivia Rodrigo. So you kind of mm. put on like a very different hat and sort of write like a pop punky sort of song. Yeah, sick. Um, Fucking oath, dude. That would have been incredible. Did, so did you write it all? Did you write it from home? Yeah. So I wrote it on guitar and just like as a voice note, always kind of start things on a voice note and mm. then started building it. And then a friend of mine played drums on it and then another friend of mine mixed it. And then... Harriet sent her vocals over and then uh, Ivana, the directing Ivana was crazy. So we did, that was the last time I probably did a Zoom. We were, uh, she was set up in a studio in London and I was like directing her doing, singing the lines and we just went line by line. Oh, wow. Because she's not like technically, she's not a singer, like a musician. Yeah. But she could like hold a tune sort of thing, but not something that she was very experienced in. I was like, that's cool. Like. We'll just go. We'll just go line by line, and mm. they had their engineer there. So that was, and it was like at three o'clock in the morning. Like the oh, session, wow. like my time was three a.m. until like seven in the morning. So I was like cactus by the end of it. Mm. But um, that was really cool, like doing that, and it was crazy as well because you know, obviously this like kind of world-renowned, like familiar face actress. I was like, oh, okay, like I guess I'm sort of directing this person. Yeah, yeah, know. yeah. That would have been yeah. pretty like. Uh, challenging, I imagine, but I'm sure you smashed. A bit it. daunting, yeah. for sure. Like it was a bit daunting, and then I was like, "No, that's cool. Like we're just gonna, I'm, I'm gonna do this, just like normal sort of thing." Yeah, and yeah, so we just went, and she nailed it. Like you know, the people. I think it's like you forget with people that are 
when people become famous, it's like you think they're famous because they're just famous. It's like yeah. they're actually really, really good at what yeah, they do. Yeah, you know? yeah, fully, like, fully. Like, yeah. Um, and she was, yeah, just, like just picked it up, nailed it. So, yeah, fucking that was a fun thing. That's so and cool. Then, yeah, so like, they, I guess LA is a, a funny place. There's a lot of, a lot of people, you know, tying it into that, I guess. It, like on one side there's probably some negative stuff and then on the other side there's like a lot of positivity and like yeah there is everyone kind of wants to make things happen and they're very supportive and like i've never experienced the tall poppy like that's just doesn't exist that's yeah. kind of like for people to be that way would be sort of i think culturally perceived as quite antisocial yeah you know, yeah like, antisocial like negative um, yeah. boring stifling Totally. And yeah. like, I mean, obviously, you know, society needs like a healthy dose of cynicism, I'm sure. But like, at the same time, yeah, I've noticed, you know, you can say things and everyone's pretty like that you want to do or whatever. And regardless of how ambitious it sounds, everyone's generally people are like, sweet. Well, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, yeah. Um, which yeah. is, is good if you're a little bit didn't <laughs> yeah it's I th- uh, look I think that's it's a really like good point and um it's it is important to have I don't know some sort of like um some sort of support or uh, encouragement reflected back in the people that you engage with you know it's 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 it's, it's not very inspiring when it's like being shut down or you know so I, I love LA for that as well. I think it's great. Yeah. And I think that in general, it's, I, I think it's ultimately, I think these attitudes are, they're a byproduct of uh, opportunity, you know, and, you know, abundance versus scarcity, you know? And I think that it's like, I think when, when there's a sense of opportunity feeling scarce, then people can actually become almost a bit cannibalistic. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, I remember talking to a friend of mine who was starting a band in East London or something like that. And he was kind of like, he was talking about the scene in London. And I was like, man, fuck the scene. I was like, don't worry about that. You know, I was like, just do your own thing. I was like, that's not even good. Like, it's not healthy playing to a bunch of people that also play in bands. Like, then, and you're all fighting to play an opening slot at the freaking Shacklewell Arms or whatever. It's like, that's, I was like, that's not healthy. I was like, just, I think we, we had the benefit, like when I was doing my little teenage band, like of growing up in the suburbs, like we weren't, mm. you know, we lived, I grew up in, in Mossman, which was a cool place to grow up. And well, cause it wasn't, you know, it was daggy, but it was, it was nice. Um, and the other guys all grew up in the North shore and Northern beaches. And so we were just kind of like, we could just kind of do our own thing, you know, left our own devices. Yeah. Um, which I think is like way, way healthier. And um, yeah, so I, I think generally that's like a, something I find, you know, I don't know with you guys, you, I find myself being at a point where, and I can't believe it, but I get asked for like advice on like starting a band and stuff like that. Um, mm. And, uh, and what, and what would it be? And what would it be? Oh, <laughs> uh, like, I mean, Ask who knows? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. who knows? <laughs> who knows, man? I, like, but I think, I think vibe is really, like, really important. Um, and just like making cool shit and, you know, all of the things that you want to affirm in like a young person is kind of, you know, just like 
do your own thing, be yes. yourself, like, yes. don't worry about what you look like and, you know, stuff like Just don't think about that. Like, Gab, I've got to say, like, you know, that um, shines through in your music in a really beautiful way. I, it's like, it's something uh, that I can, one of the ways I would describe it is, like, honest. I can tell that it's like, mm. you're super connected to what you're doing. And there's no um, affectation whatsoever. It feels like r- really, like really authentic um, music, which is really cool. Thanks. You know, um, thanks. Yeah, really yeah. cool. I appreciate that. I like you're fully like Likewise. doing you. That's what it. That's what it feels like to me. And I, I think yeah, that's worth um, mentioning. Because oh, thanks. Know. Well, yeah, I mean. You know, we were sort of talking about in messages before about, you know, the journey that, like, I guess the journey that I've had and um, the doing that because I had this little band called, well, originally called The Ghosts and then we later changed it called, and called it Ghost Whip. Yeah, and it wasn't that and, little either, really. No. Well, I mean, it's funny, I guess, in some ways, I guess it, it's, it's hard to, you know, think about it. Um, but, and we, we were... I mean, I was like literally writing songs about Pokemon and, and stuff like that. And yeah. there's just, there's this total innocence to it that I think you really, you hold on to it. It's so refreshing. I don't know if you guys have read that Rick Rubin book or something, you know, that's affirmative. Like mm. some of the stuff that he says and someone, someone described it quite cynically to me as bong philosophy. <laughs> I was oh, like, oh no. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yeah, but you know what? Like the difference between him and me is it's like he has like $300 million and you don't. And it's mm. like he's also made and not by doing bad stuff, like by making sick records. So Also, mm. what the it, fuck is wrong with bong philosophy anyway, really? It's yeah. like all you're saying is that he's like, what, you're saying that he's like a, tuned into some um, like wisdom and, and totally. like has a... But positive wait, spin does bong on things. Philosophy mean the person making it up, smoking the bongs, or the yeah. people that are eating it up are smoking the bongs. I think that's it's made, I think it's probably both. Yeah, it's probably both. It's like, yeah, man. Like, yeah, okay. That's a really yeah. funny term. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As if we're not calling the episode bong philosophy. Oh <laughs> man, please don't. <laughs> I, that's one of those stigmas. It's like it follows. Like I have this. I don't know whether it's like my demeanor or something like that, but everyone always thinks I smoke weed and I oh, really yeah. don't. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. I, 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 kind of, I actually <laughs> kind of hate weed. But, um, but yeah, no, it's a funny thing. Um, but anyway, yeah. So like, yeah, doing that band and like I think about it and I, I remember I saw this interview with uh, Paul McCartney and he was talking about the Beatles and he was like, it's been so long ago. It was like, I listen to it now as a fan. He's like, I don't mm. even... Mm. He's oh, like, yeah. I don't even associate. He's like, oh, it, it's it's just I'm like a fan of the band, yeah. And I was like, in my own tiny, tiny little humble way, when I think of that band, I sort of just like think of the teenagers just trying yeah. to make the coolest, most serious, best music in yeah. the world. You know, it was like that pure ambition. You know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and then, but it's funny. It's like I, you know. I remember thinking my career was also over when I was like, yeah. when that whole thing imploded, you know, and yeah. like 1920, because it was you know, like those years are so formative. And how, so it was like, how did it, like, you don't need to go right into it, but how did it, it like end? How did how it ghost would end? Yeah. Because basically we had um, annoying managers who were kind of gatekeeping the music that we were making. Mm. And like just really toey to get a record deal that <laughs> would just like 
And it was like that weird streaming era where there just weren't any deals. And it's like the hype band stuff, you know, mm. you get hyped to oblivion and then you puts a lot of pressure on, you know, the kids, like the actual children that are yeah. playing in the band. Yeah. And, uh, and then it all just sort of goes, you know, south. Yeah. And I, and I was like pretty frustrated and like, you know, but the, the funny thing is we, we never actually broke up. What happened is that things were slowing down and then Jono and I were like doing shit, you know, yeah, and then right. the like come save me song just kind of like blew up, you yeah. know, yeah. and that, but I was still kind of like trying to make Ghostwood work, like, mm. you know, trying to figure it all out and like all those sorts of things. Um, and then, but the funniest thing about it is that like I was sitting on like demos which aren't even like they're, they're so well recorded for what you would describe as a demo yeah. for like 10 years, like 45 demos. Cause we were so like prolific in that band. Like, Oh, and they just wouldn't you know, let you release any of the music. Cause they no, cause they were like, Oh, you need, need to get a producer and you need to get a deal. And like, this isn't going to do anything unless you do X. And it's like, oh, oof, strangled it was, the life out of it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was bad. They were kind of like, you know, it was just that thing. I think it was like the, the music industry was so in Australia was, I mean, you guys can probably remember it was so primitive. Like there just wasn't as many, like the internet and the movement mm. of information just, so it was like, you re- like it was triple J or nothing. So it was yeah. like, and triple J is legendary in what they are able to do, but there are sort of other avenues now. And I see it just so much more, like I see it so much more coalesced in the country. Um, Mm. which is beautiful to see really and then like even the the international thing you know it was like bands like this bands like you know powderfinger and stuff like that they're amazing and their like international footprint was like very very difficult to kind of do that and then it you know there's other bands like tame impala or whatever i think they like they were straight up the one that i think like kicked the door down like mm. in terms of creating that you know, a highway, you know, for Australian yeah. bands to actually get overseas and like do things. I a hundred percent because there was a couple like cut copy and, you know, maybe Wolf Mother and things like that. Wolf Mother's kind of different because they sort of like had that commercial sort of yeah, take on. Yeah, yeah. But but it was like, yeah, I think Tame was the one where it's like, oh, this is like a really fucking cool, uncompromising band that is like a leading taste, you know. Mm. And um is is selling out like 300 cap clubs in london you know like mm. um so yeah it was it was like a, it was a weird time i remember like 09 2010 that sort of era and then um yeah and john and i were both sort of he was at the sunset of his band uh los valentinos yeah i remember los valentinos go, yeah we used to i mean we were all touring so much yeah. um and but we were like kids you know it was weird like we were it's like a lot of my friends in sydney they're a little bit kind of a little bit older because they were like an older generation in a way yeah. So mm, we, yeah. we were like touring when we were like 15 16. yeah 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 like yeah because um, who else was around at the time it was like um teenagers in tokyo i've had linda on the pod a few times oh nice yeah yeah um, teenagers um, um, Vanshee, Vanshee oh, yeah. Antinos, yeah. Red Riders, Mercy Arms, Mercy Arms Red, Red, Riders. Red Riders, Young and Restless. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that what they called Young and Restless. Uh, yeah, that was the, that was from Canberra. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
there was so many like there's was this band called Bachelor of Arts. There was this other band called Little Red. Oh, oh Little yeah. Red was sick. And yeah. yeah, Little Red. They were like really kind of throwbacky and yeah. Vampire Weekend. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. And then yeah. Bri- Bridezilla. Yes, Bridezilla. And, yeah. Uh, far out. <laughs> Do you remember there was this and band the called the, Ven- the Vendettas? Oh, I don't remember the oh. Vendettas. John Hardy. John Harvey. What was his name? John Hardy. That guy. Yeah, don't, some, don't remember that guy. Some weirdo. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a around in those mm, days. Definitely. Um, but yeah, the first show that we ever played as the Ghost was supporting this band, ironically called Teenager, which was Nick Littlemore and um, Pitt, mm. Ladyhawk. Mm. Oh, true. Yeah, at, at Candy's apartment. And we were very, very young. Like we would have been, I think I would have been just maybe 16. Wow. 15. wow. I think Crandall's was still 15. Um, and yeah, that was like early. Yeah. yeah it was weird. It was so weird. Cause it was like MySpace era. So everything yeah. was mysterious, you know, yeah. it was like, now MySpace was like a bit mysterious. Yeah. It was cool. It was, it was really it was cool. Mysterious and magical. It's like, wow, who's this? I'm learning something and I'm clicking the thing and yeah. Yeah. Well, it was literally like the first, I guess, what you'd call a social network, right? So you're like flicking yeah. through like bands and seeing their friends and yeah. And yeah, you could like, actually reach like, out and like communicate to a band yeah. if they were to read the thing and like, yeah, yeah that was new. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then to the, the Jaguar Master, which was cool. The, 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 the funny thing with the, the Jaguar Master thing is that it, it took off very quickly. Mm. And there was obviously, you know, it was like shared responsibility because the, the Ghostwood thing was, I mean, I was, the you know primary school songwriter um and the other guys obviously you know they they did their thing and they contributed but i was probably leading it um and jaguar was more sort of it was a shared it was a shared responsibility um but it was funny because we both when it was all taking off it was like ah yeah i know like it was you fully knew and it's so funny that you apply the wisdom of things Mm. that you learn from as a teenager to like as mm. a 20 year old or you know whatever it was yeah um and it definitely helped you know yeah yeah um, that's cool and and i remember thinking like when we were playing shows like oh yeah i've got this because like i've played a club show and but the show was like twenty thousand people yeah dude. <laughs> it was, like, it was like, yeah. total naive like you know as if it's the same thing but it kind of is it's weird it's like a show is just a show isn't it like whether you play in front of 50 so. people or twenty thousand. dude I, I honestly I, couldn't say because yeah. i've never had that experience it sounds <laughs> fucking insane <laughs> yeah well to me i guess my experience i don't know if you've ever seen there's like a lot on instagram of the pre-famous nirvana shows oh. of like they're pretty amazing of Kurt Cobain just going for it in front of like 20 people. Mm. Like he's just throwing himself into what he's doing. And I think that's really inspiring. Like he gives as much to them mm. as he does when he's like, and I think that that, cause he loves it. And it's obviously like a total release mm. and it's pure catharsis. Like, yeah. you know, and I think that I guess having that mindset with playing shows and then it, then they all do kind of feel the same. And then there's some things that you can probably you have to, when you play really big shows, one thing I noticed when you sing, it's like, you want 
uh, I remember I was dating a girl like ten, you know, seven, eight years ago, and she was like a dancer, and she was like, "Use, extend your hands out." I remember, she was like, "Oh wow. that so people can see the gestures with oh, like, yeah. further back, you know, that kind of thing. So you, yeah. it it feels more theatrical That's when you. Oh yeah, yeah, you got to like yeah. upsize the like. I was. Um- I think kind of go like that and like this, yeah. and, you know, and so people, I mean, that's like a style thing, I guess, but mm. I guess it's sort of, especially in the UK and in Europe, people love to sing along and, yeah. you know. Interesting. Um, oh, on that, I was talking to um, Matt Mason the other day from DMAs and he was saying, he yeah. said a funny thing that I'd never heard before, but he was like, the bigger the stage, the less you do as well in terms of like running around like that's another school of thought on that like yeah it depends on the artist whatever but like do you know what that's very oasis yeah i think it is i think it's very like hold you i mean fontaine's dc were kind of like that when i saw them playing laneway it was sort of like they were just hold horrors another band that do it really well oh horrors was so fucking good back in the day like they just stand there and like it's on those bigger stages and it is another i was thought just thought it was interesting yeah, I, that there are. That's a different. It's a different style of performing. I I like that style as well. But I think, yeah, because it's almost like by doing more, it makes you more diminutive in a way, um, mm. instead of just like owning the atmosphere. Mm. But I guess it's it's probably a case more of like picking your moments and things like that. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And definitely. I think I think as well, like. You know, when you if you're playing on the bigger stages, there's normally cameras like on like yeah. your performance or whatever. Fuck. Um, that's that's nerve-wracking. Well, it's kind of like um, I don't know if you've ever seen those those videos of like Prince or whatever, and it's like they're going right in on his like fingers when he's doing oh, yeah. a solo. So it's like all of a sudden the show is actually really intimate, even though it's like yeah, twenty thousand people. Yeah, know? yeah, that's weird. Um, but um, but yeah, I'm like. You know, I'm doing my, I started touring with the golf stuff and it was great. The first, the first year, like 18 months, which was like pre-COVID, we did the Dope Lemon support and Sick. Greta Van Fleet support, which cool. was crazy. The Greta Van Fleet one was funny. Wow. That was, that was, um, what, and they what, were, they were huge shows. What mm. were they like? Were they fun uh, people to tour with? Yeah, they're kind of, uh, like I had this, I had this inkling that they were would be very, uh, maybe like innocence, not the word, but just like very genuine, you know, with their love for music. Because I just sort of, you could see all of this kind of like hipster kid cynicism around them, and I was like, man, I think they just like rock and roll. I mm, think yeah. <laughs> they're they're like imitating their heroes, which is like what everyone does. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not gonna like be gnarly on this. I was like, they're also like 20. Yeah. Like, I, th- I think it's fine kind of thing. That's and lovely- sure, sure enough, they all were, you know, like yeah. three, three of them are brothers, two of them are twins and like a best friend. <clears throat> yeah. You yeah. Know? So it's like, it feels like that. And they're just like, you know, they'd come backstage and hang out with us and we'd sit there and we'd listen to Blind Melon. Do you remember that yeah, band? Love, love that's one So song. good. <laughs> that whole record. Yeah. That's a good story, is a, Ben. Is actually a vibe, yeah. Um, that kind of weird sort of throwbacky seventies mm. optimism thing. Yeah. Um, it's and um, you had a good read of them yeah. by the sounds of things, and it is interesting how like 
maybe if you're like starting a punk band and you sound and look exactly like a punk band from the 80s, that's fine. But if you do that for like a 70s rock band like Led Zeppelin or something, then everyone just throws a bit of shade on you, you know? Mm. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I mean, the funny thing is it's like (laughs) there's literally people in the crowd wearing Led Zeppelin t-shirts. So it's like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. They're not they're not like hung up on like the audience is not like, oh, these guys are not legit. You know, I think that's like because I think because we're all, you know, we're all musicians and <clears throat> we probably spend a lot of time with music people that are hypersensitive to these sorts of things. And the reality is that like people just don't care. Nah. You know, they just want you to sound sick, you know, yeah. like yeah. Want some good songs. Yeah. Make cool shit. That'll yeah. be the that'll be the epitaph on my um, tombstone. <laughs> it's like just make cool stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, man, you've been um, you've been doing it consistently for a long time, and mm. um, you know it's awesome. Um, oh, thanks. And have you got have you got sort of plans for twenty twenty four? Are you sort of just playing it by ear at the moment? What's the what's the scope? Yeah. Well, the plan really is to just get on the road as much as I can. Yeah. Um, in, the st- I've, in the states again. Yeah, I mean, like that—that's where I live, and yeah. I have things like kind of set up there. Yeah. And there's a couple of things in the works that I want to make sure they sort of come through and do all of that. But there was obviously, I mean, COVID just like tripped everyone. You know what I mean? Like it was one of those. I just got the, the band off the ground, and then it was like, nope, for yeah. a year and a half. You yeah. know, so that was obviously a frustrating thing. And then, you know the record, I was kind of like out of step with touring and the record. So I was like, I want to make another record that feels kind of a little bit more relevant yeah. to where I'm at. And so that was like what last year was about. And now I was like, okay, touring. Great. Yeah. Um, Sick. Yeah. Fucking so that's Because you play yeah, all the, the instruments thing. on the record yourself, don't you? But you've put together a live band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I played... This is the first record where I played everything on it. Um, yeah. Because the... the the first uh, golf record, um, I a friend of mine, Dave, played drums. Who's actually shout out Dave. He's in this band called Sumbrella, which is really good. See, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, but that's that's pretty much it. Fuck yeah, dude! It's pretty impressive. Right. You played all the instruments, like the mm. the drums and everything on the record are great. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, so well, sick. I wanted to. I'm like. I guess, you know, there's a lot of bands sort of doing like the psyche thing. And I guess, I guess it is kind of psych rock in a way. Yeah. Um, there's that, there's, 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 it's, it, there's a lot of genres um, that, that uh, I think are like baked really nicely into it. Um, like, yeah. yeah, it's super cool. Um, like there's folk, kind of folk elements, pop elements, surf, um, rock and roll, psychedelia. You can even yeah. hear like grunt, your grunge influence in there as well. Like. It's yeah. Really cool. Well, I guess it's like trying to define something, isn't it? It's like yeah. a, I, I remember I, I just wanted to call it surf blues because I I didn't want it to really have to conform to anything, you know, any sort of aesthetic, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that um I mean I love like guitar was like such an important instrument to me um growing up and uh that was it was definitely something during the during Jaguama that like I was pining for and like probably unnecessarily wanting to put always wanting to put guitar stuff in because that was like my voice, you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Like I, I wanted to try and get it in there, you know, which is like sort of very 
you know, it's like not the not the way to be writing music, you know. Um, but but with this, it's uh, I love that kind of thing musically of um, being able to like see the world in a in a blade of grass, you know, like and I and I think that with a lot of psych rock, people kind of or like anything that's kind of rich palette wise, they they write outwards like they expand the palette with different synths and colors and stuff like that. Yeah. And I, and I always loved, you know, obviously, you know, Hendrix is a big influence and things like that, but I actually love how on, on paper, how minimal like the output is like yeah. it literally on a lot of Hendrix records, it's like it's bass, drums, guitar, and vocals, yeah. you know? And that's like, I sort of wanted to commit to that as, as the framework, you know? Yeah. It's and, really cool. It's got that kind of like, like you said, minimalistic, um, kind of feel about it. I, I saw that video on, on your uh, Instagram of you guys playing um, outdoors, playing a song outdoors. Yeah, that was sick. On like oh, a hill yeah. in front of the Hollywood sign and yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah. That, that, and, that yeah. was so cool. Yeah, once again, like seemed super like authentic that performance, didn't it, mm-hmm. Jamie? That's what we Big were saying time. when we were watching. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were into uh, it. <laughs> thanks. We did that. We recorded that on a Zoom, like a Zoom recorder and two iPhones. Oh, wow. Oh, so wow. Yeah, so one because iPhone and voice notes, <clears throat> and then just slated it, just went like that, yeah. and then I exported the audio. So I had like kind of four tracks of audio. One that was kind of like loosely the the vocal was the vocal. I think there's two microphones attached. One is to the PA, oh, yeah. and then like lugged up this little PA, and then yeah, had the, but the the drums are completely live, and I, it was a total experiment. Like I had no idea what it was gonna work on art yeah and then i listened back to it. i remember spencer and i were like listening back at the house and i kind of like <laughs> i sort of sprung it on them as well as like it was like i messaged them saying we we're going to rehearse and i was like guess what <laughs> i was like we're going up the mountain and so we like <laughs> like we drove in this car in my in my um truck and like lugged the drum kit up the hill and everything <laughs> and uh it's it's kind of great it's la is a funny place like that because you can pretty much do there's a lot of there's a lot of lenience like there was a ranger that was like he pulled up his car and he was just kind of like watching us and i was like oh man i don't know whether he's gonna come at us with some fine or whatever but i think he was actually just he sort of watched us for a bit and then i think he was just kind of enjoying it yeah (laughs) um nice yeah so that was yeah that was that little thing and that was like a covid you know frustration yeah can't play a show so let's just Try and play to everyone. You know, yeah. that was the, yeah, that was the concept. Yeah, sick man. Um, uh, yeah. Well, congrats, yeah. congrats massively on the album. And um, yeah, for everyone who's listening, go and listen to the new golf album. It's called Surf the Coffin by Golf Alpha Bravo. You'll, you'll find it on Spotify. Um, the LP before is really sick as well. Um, the Sundog LP. Oh, thanks. Yeah. yeah. So um, check, check those out. Yeah. Sweet. Um, and yeah, thanks heaps for coming on the pod, Gab. It's so good to finally like uh, meet you properly, I, I guess. Yeah, likewise. Yeah, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, no, it's really cool. I, I know we've been like in messages for mm. almost almost years, I'd say now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, no, it's really cool. I don't know whether this is like a super funny podcast because I see like you guys always get really good edits of people being really funny. 
Oh no, we'll, <laughs> we'll be right. We'll find something. Yeah. <laughs> You'll find something. Yeah, we've had a good. Yeah. We've had a few laughs. Yeah, yeah. 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 and it's been yeah. a really like awesome, insightful chat as well. So thanks yeah. heaps for taking the time to do it, dude. Yeah, of course. Yeah, anytime. God bless you. Um, Sweet. Sick.